This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now, your host. He recently started blogging about chamber stuff on a regular basis. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Thank you for joining us for Chamber Chat Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Burton, and it is my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Diane Rogers, President and CEO of the Rancho Cordova Area Chamber, to learn how the Holman Brothers has provided value for her. As a medium-sized chamber, we recognize that it's absolutely critical to have a well-qualified and well-trained membership development person. Holman Brothers trained that person, recruited that person, and they even trained me on how to manage that person. We're grateful for the support we got. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. When chamber leaders talk about sales training, they tend to describe membership knowledge. Of course, knowing how membership works is important. However, knowing how to sell memberships is essential. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching offers a unique balance of year-round membership sales coaching and mentoring to deliver the support your membership rep needs to consistently produce for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching. Our guest for this episode is Betty Capistani. She, Betty serves as the Director of Economic Development for Pierce County. Her department focuses on retaining, growing, and bringing new jobs to Pierce County. Last year, they delivered $46.5 million of CARES funding to small businesses in Pierce County. Currently, she's overseeing $40 million of American Rescue Plan Economic Stabilization and Recovery Funds to help Pierce County businesses receive resources during the pandemic. One of those programs includes a Pierce County Accelerator. The Accelerator is an entrepreneurial program that is focused on BIPOC startups and micro-businesses. Betty's career has focused on building communities with the knowledge that successful, supported businesses help a community thrive. Betty's work has been dedicated to having a deep understanding of how each community functions, its synergies, its quirks, its strengths, and leveraging those to the advantage of the businesses she serves. Betty thrives on pushing the envelope, Being the first to try out a new technology brings her joy and has her quick thinking ways it could be applied to the advancement of business. Prior to coming to Pierce County, Betty served as CEO of the Bellevue Chamber of Commerce for 17 years, and prior to that, the City of Renton Economic Development Director, Renton Chamber of Commerce CEO, and an Assistant Director for the Kent Chamber of Commerce. Betty and her husband, George, have a blended family of four boys, two lovable labs, and two blackberry eating goats. (laughs) For fun, Betty runs marathons. She's done all the world majors except Tokyo. She loves to travel, read, entertain family and friends. Her civic involvement includes 30 plus years as Rotarian and Paul Harris Fellow. She serves on the executive committee for Washington Economic Development Association and is a past chair of ACCE. Betty, I'm excited to have you with me today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions who are listening and share something else interesting about yourself so you can get to know you a little bit better. 
Well, hello to all my favorite peeps across the country. Uh, the chamber industry is amazing and has amazing leaders, and it really is the heart and soul. And I'm just delighted to be able to share some conversations. And I look forward to seeing everyone in person, hopefully sometime soon, like maybe an ACCE conference. So maybe something exciting about me, we all stumble into the chamber world in unique ways. And my unique way was I was uh, filling out a, a college application and I didn't know what to say I was gonna do. I was trying to get a scholarship. And my grandmother said, put down that you wanna work for a chamber of commerce because you love people and I don't want you to be a social worker because it's gonna kill you. And your grandpa's a member of a chamber, so just put it down. Well. I put it down, didn't think anything about it. And fast forwarded after graduation, I was working at a, a CPA office and the chairman of the chamber um, happened to come by and said, we're looking for, for someone for the Chamber of Commerce. And then that's kind of the rest of the story. So um, it's kind of a unique way to get there, uh, but I, I truly love the industry. Wow, that is a neat story. I'm sure there's more details to it that you could expand on, but that's that is awesome. Uh, so I, I shared some of your background in the chamber industry as I went through your bio, but uh, you're now working in economic development um, with, with Pierce County. But take a moment to maybe expand a little bit on your background. What I mean by that is that the chambers you serve with, your you know, current situation with economic development, what is the scope and maybe like the size of the chambers you worked with, just to kind of give everybody perspective as we get into our discussion. Sure. I've worked with chambers of all different sizes, and I've always figured it doesn't really matter how large or small you are, but if you figure out from your current state, how do you make it better? So, so obviously the Renton Chamber was a lot smaller. Um, it was a, a, a one and a half person job to start with and a lot of parent involvement helping do things. Um, and then it grew to the Bellevue Chamber that had nine staff members. So, so I think um, budgets you budgets show the reflection of how well you've done a job in the community because you can grow those income streams and uh, people uh, accordingly. At Pierce County, actually, um, I'm, I'm the economic development director, and I, I have the pleasure to work for a county executive that is a third generation business person um, on top of being a county executive and also for a county council. Our department is the smallest department in the county. Um, we don't even have a tab in the budget book. Um, so before uh, CARES and the rescue plan before the pandemic, uh, I might have had three, four, five hundred thousand dollars of discretionary money every year to invest in different programs and resources. And most of our work was done leveraging through chambers of commerce for advocacy, um, economic development boards for recruitment, uh, re retention of businesses, larger companies. And so, so it, it, I really didn't have a lot of dollars, but it was always about connecting people to solve solutions. And then the pandemic changed all that. And I have a really big budget. And, and I, I kind of chuckled during CARES because at the chamber, I would stay up late at night trying to figure out how I was going to make my budget and, and how, you know, how, how do I hold my paycheck and all those things that you worry about as a business person. Um, and then all of a sudden to have all this money to give away, 
Oh my gosh, I thought I'd, I'd just gone to heaven. <laughs> Even though it was a very stressful process, but but it was it's just the other end of the the spectrum, I guess you'd say. Yeah. No, that really does help set the table and give that perspective. Um the background that you have, you know, coming into our discussion. I really love what you had said about the reflection of a budget at a chamber being a reflection of the the value that you're providing to the community. I think that is a great perspective to to look at that. And not that if you have a smaller budget, it's not, you know, dollar for dollar, you know, reflection, but it's, you know, the size of your community and everything like that, that factors into it. But I thought that was a, a good way of looking at it. And if you can grow your budget, grow those revenue streams, then you can see the impact that you're making in your community. So our topic for discussion today is going to be around industry innovation, which I know is kind of a, a broad topic, but that's something that as chambers are always trying to, to remain relevant and move forward. It's, it's something that I think it'll perk up the ears of a lot of listeners, but we'll get into this discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chambers of Commerce have been around for over 400 years promoting communities all over the world, but today so much is found digitally that Chamber Nation believes it's critical that there is a custodian of local digital information. They believe the Chamber is in a perfect position to be that organization. Chamber Nation provides an amazing membership management system you use to manage the Chamber and the community. They also deliver a complete membership development system that they manage for you to be sure your membership community is fully documented for search and much more. Essentially, Chamber Nation delivers an entire membership support department, which is perfect for those chambers with a limited budget that needs to do more. With Chamber Nation, not only do you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. All right, Betty, we're back. So as we talk about industry innovation, um, you've had some experience in the chamber world, as, as we've talked about leading up to this. Um, what are some of those innovations that are top of mind for you? I know, you know, specifically um, from your economic development role, there's some some unique uh, nuances, I guess we can call those. But um, just from your career in the chamber to now, what kind of 
innovations have you seen? And then we can talk about kind of right now going forward. Well, it's a topic I love. So, so thank you very much for that. And I truly feel like uh, the chambers of the future need to make sure they're innovative. And so um, just a a couple bookends as we work into the conversation, part of that innovation is to surround yourself with amazing people um, in your kitchen cabinets. And your kitchen cabinets sometimes maybe should be people from across the country. I mean, my kitchen cabinet has chamber people across the country. And when I was told uh, at three o'clock in the afternoon that I had until the next morning to come up with how would I spend at that time $30 million of CARES funds, and I had to come up with a plan. I sent it out to 10 of my best chamber pals across the country. And they, so when I send it out eight o'clock at night, my time, many of them, that's 11 o'clock their time. They all responded. I put the proposal together. We actually delivered all those and even more programs, but was based on that network. So I always think you don't have to have all of the um, answers. But if you you use good people around you, and that could be your board leaders, um, focusing on what what are they doing to be successful, because whatever got you to your current state won't get you to the future state. Um, And I also strongly believe in you have to focus on solutions, not the problem, because everybody wants to talk about the problem. And, (laughs) and, And in our communities, I would say probably all of us have really big community problems. So chambers moving from a transactional chamber of which many times that's how we started. And we've kind of, that space has been taken by others. It may be Google, it may be Amazon, um, it may be other people that are serving a lot of that transactional pieces. And if we move to more being um, transformational, how can we innovate and bring unique people together to solve those really big problems. And your really big problem could be infrastructure. It could be workforce upscaling or rescaling. It could be how do you serve underserved populations? Could be broadband, homelessness, housing. I mean, the list goes on and on. But how do you do it differently? And that's a piece that uh, I always challenge people to dare to be different. Um, and not everyone, I mean, if you, if you stumble, you just get back up and you do it again. Also use a lot of trends. So we had, uh, at ACCE a while back, uh, Rohit Talwar, and he talks about future trends and he talks about key industries. I always use that to figure out, is that a, is there a cluster that's growing that we don't know about that we can, we have the talent that we can bring to our community or, the 3D printing tiny homes, can we do that for homelessness? So, so trying to figure out how you take applications that others have and put that into your community to, to really make it beneficial. Yes, I love that. So much good stuff to unpack there. So I love the, the idea of focusing on solutions and not the problems. And I had heard of a, a company, I'm sure several companies have a similar policy where you can't just go to the boss and say, we, we got a problem. Yeah, you got to come and say, here's a solution to this problem, or here's a possible way we can address this problem instead of just dropping the problem on your boss's desk. Like, you got to be part of the solution. And I think chambers can approach that same kind of perspective of, okay, yeah, there is a problem, but let's not focus on the problem. Let's look at some possible solutions because there's always a way, right? Right. Um, 
And I also like the idea of, of looking at, you know, going from the transactional to transformational type of work. Um, you would come to me as a, a reference from Casey Steinbacher. And as we know, we've, we've got, she's got her, her great book from Relevant to Essential. And she talks about Chambers um, becoming more of an influencer in their communities. And I think that comes along with creating that transformation, doing things in a better way, having the community look to you as that influencer of change, as that influencer of positive movement of the community going forward. So I think that it's kind of a, a broad scope for a chamber to look at, but to, to get away from the transactional stuff and become more of that you know, solution, problem solver, um, and influencer in the community. So great, great perspective. Um, so let's, let's look at things now. Um, I know you're, you're tasked with uh, the American Rescue Plan funds to dispersing and, and congratulations. I understand you guys just won an award. Um, maybe pat yourself on the back and tell a little bit about what that is, but then how that how you're planning on dispersing some of those funds and how that can relate back to, to chambers as well. Sure, actually a lot of it relates back to chambers, but let, let me just do a, a tiny step back on the CARES Act. So we for that $46.5 million, it went across eight different programs. Uh, and all of those programs, we did cradle to grave uh, pretty much from our department here. And we had to break all sorts of systems inside the county to make them happen because there was a real tight time frame to, to do that. Um, but part of those we did in partnership with the chamber. So, so, so I think that's the piece of from chambers making sure you're looking at other entities that may have resources and how you may be the best person to actually do that. So the government per se doesn't have to go break some of those elements. So on the rescue plan, our focus has been on how can we leave the world differently and how can we, it's because the CARES was more trying to patch things together and keep us all going. And Washington state was pretty much locked down. So, so it, we had a lot of bumps on that piece. So how to change it differently. During CARES, we also, our department looked at 5,000 balance sheets and profit and loss statements for businesses in, in the process. And we saw many times people couldn't fill them out. So we had to help them do that. But we also saw there were a lot of people that were left out or there was a big difference between the haves and have nots. And while our CARES resources, over 40% went to diverse populations and 70% and went to women-owned businesses, we knew we could do better. So with the rescue plan, the focus was on um, how can we make big changes and, and the changes really we wanted to be was in that BIPOC arena. Um, so which is black, brown, indigenous, people of color, veteran and women-owned businesses and focusing on the really small businesses or entrepreneurship since startups were kind of left out of any kind of funding yeah. in that process also. So we actually um, worked with, I guess you would say through the CARES process, we developed great relationships with like our Korean Women's Association, our Asia Pacific Cultural Center, the Black Collective, the Urban League, the NAACP, Me Centro. So just a wide network because we learned if you go to those networks, then they can go to their networks for trusted sources. The thing we also learned was most of those networks never focused on business because all the resources they got 
were actually around um, usually a social service kind of program or resources because in, in our state, it, government never gave money to businesses. So that was an anomaly. This whole pandemic resources have been an anomaly to what we've normally done. So with that, we're able to actually do a navigator program through our community. So we're hiring um, a business outreach specialist. Each of these entities will be hiring them and they have a dash line to us. And we're going to teach them how to network with their business community. And then when we find out what resources we need, we'll plug them into things. So like professional services, um, there's a lot of different uh, innovation grants that we have, things that we can help them grow their business. The project we actually won the innovation award for the state was our Pierce County Business Accelerator. And this is one that we've leveraged with our Chamber of Commerce as our administrator of the program. And this program, there's probably lots of business accelerators around. This program is focused most specifically on BIPOC veteran and women-owned businesses. They have to be really small. So under 325,000 gross revenue in 2019 or a startup business. And just having them go through the training um, is, is huge. But the training is, um, people that look like them, training them. So they see those groups and having peer groups. So the chamber does that. And in addition to that, we've actually hired uh, in Kiva. I'm not sure if people have heard of the Kiva platform. It's kind of one step above a GoFundMe, um, but it's a platform that people all over the world can give resources to, uh, to start, have businesses for startups. And they help fund up to $15,000 for a business. But we basically have that platform available for the whole community. Um, We also have specialists that help people get ready for that platform. And these are all housed to the chamber. And then in addition to that, once someone raises $10,000 of capital that's gone through the accelerator program, the county will match that capital. So that way we're truly helping them take their company to the next level. We also have uh, paid for uh, about $5,000 of professional services. So if someone needs bookkeeping help, that could be 50 or 60 hours of bookkeeping help. If they need legal help, it may be 20 hours of of legal help. Uh, so, So trying to make sure, how do we remove those obstacles? And then the most important one that the chamber does a fabulous job at is mentorship. So matching them with a mentor for over a year And then the last kind of cool piece is we do a reimbursement up to $500 a month for a year. So trying to really take all those things that businesses have challenges and struggles with, and most particularly our BIPOC businesses have challenges and struggles with, and really help them figure out how to help grow wealth so they can then pass that on to the next generation. Um, Wow. Wow. Sorry, I get so excited. It's a lot of stuff. No, so, okay, so the business outreach specialist, so I'm going to circle back to that. It sounds like each of these kind of partner organizations, um, is that person that's being hired, is that being, are are they being paid through these funds? Is that how that's working? So so we're, we're going to reimburse them. So the Korean Women's Association will hire their first and they're they're a big association for our state. They started small, they're big, yeah. um, but, and they're focused in Pierce County, but they will have a person on their staff 
that we help train that connects in with us weekly for all the data. And the goal is we're going to go out to 3,500 to 5,000 additional businesses in our underrepresented communities. So, so we just make sure we touch base, let them know, figure out and connect them to resources. So it's a reimbursement. So, and it's a two-year program and we help with the job interview, uh, just getting them on board because that's, that's teaching them that skill set. Yeah. So for somebody listening, a, a chamber champion listening, if they're sitting there in their hometown, their, their local chamber and think, gee, I wish our county or our economic development had a program like this. How, <laughs> like you're, you're sitting at economic development, helping to figure out where these funds go. If you're on the other end of it, um, how would you encourage that? I mean, some of the funds may be already spent, right? In some of these communities. Um, how would you encourage them to, to kind of navigate these waters to try to adopt some of these programs that you're talking about? Well, they can always call me. Um, but the thing is, uh, and I work with many different communities trying to help them do the same thing. The rescue plans, probably they're, prob- they're, they're easier to access because there's a little longer time for deployment. So, so I, I think coming up with the strategy of what they're trying to solve in that rescue plan. So, so whether it's broadband, wh- whether it's something like this, which I think ties perfectly to value add. So, so this contract for just the navigator, um, the accelerator program is a $5 million uh, contract from the county and then we have one of our cities that added more money to it because they saw it was very successful for us to implement. The chamber, uh, it gets about $2.2 million to, to put that program together. The other monies go to the capital and the, the rent reimbursement and the professional services. So, so I think there's a way to leverage what chambers do really well. And um, I'd be glad to talk to any of them. And they may come up with different ways to make it even better. Right. Uh, and, and I think it's also making sure chambers uh, connect into the fabric. So um, whether it's tribal partners, whether, whether it's their, their diverse populations, just bringing different people to the table as part of the solution and trying to figure out how you tailor it because it's not one stop fits all. It, it's, we have to meet people where they're at. So our Korean, Vietnamese and Cambodian a cohort, they wanted to meet at eight o'clock in the morning. And they wanted to be connected to a government. Uh, they want everybody to know they were existing. Um, and we actually did that. It was translated every class into Korean and Vietnamese. Now, our Black uh, uh, population, they did not want to meet in government. Um, they wanted nighttime. Um, and they didn't want anyone that looked like me, which I'm a white lady, um, uh, to be in the room. Because they, they, that they just wanted to, to work amongst themselves. Um, so, so, but now we're starting to have the next cohort be more blended. Uh, and and so, so I think it's just trying to understand what's important to them. Uh, and uh, now they realize, oh, I can't, you know, um, have you showcase me. Or before they, they weren't comfortable with that. So, so, so it's just understanding the chambers to understand those populations and bring them in because they want to help partner on these programs. Yeah, for sure. So the thought that comes to me is we, I mean, this is a lot of money that we're talking about, you know, that the federal government's put out a ton of money into the the economy. And I think on the surface, it's easy for 
the average person to look at and be like, this is going to you know, throw inflation through the roof, which we are seeing some inflation from it. But I think on a local level to be able to help, you know, combat some of that inflation is where are those underserved people in the community, these BIPOC business owners, because if we're able to help them to get started, get their business, you know, to be more profitable, to be more successful, employ more people, that money is being put to work. And I mean, I'm not an economist, but I, I think that would help keep inflation lower. It's it's not a pie where the, the money's just gone, you know, it's going to generate more value as, and continue to move your community forward. The problem is when the money just gets spent and disappears and goes away and you don't have anything to show for it. That's where we see the real damage of inflation. But if we can put that money to work, like you're talking about, I think it can help combat inflation to some degree. Right. And I I think along that line, maybe two pieces, because I I do agree with everything that that you just said. Um, I think sometimes the, the groups that we're trying to serve and reach they don't use a traditional chamber network. Um, so, so trying to, to um, also connect them to the network. But we recently had the when they, the undercover billionaire, um, yeah. um, Monique Islet got dropped into our community um, and she didn't go to the chamber. She went to a church and because her mother had been a pastor, she went to a, a downtown urban church. I mean, she's a black lady. So she went, that's where she went. Um, and she went to the urban league. She went, she went to different paths to, yeah. and she's established her business within that period of time without using those resources. So I think trying to bring, um, those non-traditional resources into the chamber of fabric, because it's just changing how you operate is being more transformational for your community. Yeah, that that's interesting. She was able to do that and go a different a different avenue and right she didn't even think about a chamber of commerce she that just never and she's you know relatively young uh um a very i mean in real life very connected uh lady and a very sharp business lady but but she's done all that through her real life that she would never she didn't even trans you know move that into this opportunity so so, it shows the power in those other yeah. networks as well. And if you can connect them and leverage, you know, the, mm-hmm. the connections, it's just going to make for a better community altogether. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, to ask you, you've covered a ton of great information in our discussion here. I wanted to see if you might have one tip or action item for listeners to, to help take their chamber up to the next level, to help elevate their community. What would, what would you suggest for them? Um, I would suggest them, uh, I think how, what we started with to focus on a solution that they want to work on. Um, so, so, but, but work on that solution and to think differently to, um, expand their kitchen cabinet, if that's what you want to call it, uh, to people that, um, might not be connected to the chamber to figure out how, how to make things happen in their community. So I love that response. Um, just hearing you say kitchen cabinet again, I, I have to ask you to expand on that. How did that term come up? Uh, what what do, you, what do you mean by that? Just so listeners can, can relate. So what I mean by that, uh, I know Casey calls it her tribe. Um, I've always called it my kitchen cabinet. So I have people throughout my whole career that I use to benchmark things by. So I have people across the chamber industry. I have a few past chairs from from 
different, uh, you know, my, throughout my career, I have uh, just su successful business people that may or may not have been connected to the chamber that I just use to benchmark things by because I know I can't solve everything by myself. I'm not smart enough. Uh, but, but if I use looking through their lenses, I can come up with solutions that, that um, may work at this, this period of time. And so that's what I think has helped us as a county be innovative. I think it's helped me throughout my whole career, just having this cabinet of people and, and they're all ages, all ranges, everything, diverse, everything. Um, and I love it. And I just, I love people. And that's, that's what helps me be more visionary. I love it. I think the term kitchen cabinet is awesome too. So I just wanted to hear more about that. I should so, probably say dining room table. It sounds more, it's probably this food to table stuff. I should, I should say my, my kitchen table, you know. No, I, I like the kitchen. I, I think of, because it's got that dual meaning, right? Your people you talk to while you're in your kitchen, you got cabinets in your kitchen, but like a presidential cabinet, you've got your yeah, people right, around right. you that support you and, and give you that feedback and insight. So I love it. So as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? I think this is a fabulous time to be in the chamber industry. And I think the, the future is very bright because of these, these huge issues going on in communities. And the chambers are the ones that can really make a difference and bring people together. And, and uh, it just making, every, making Chambers essential. Yeah. Very relevant. I, I love the answer. I love it. <laughs> well, you had mentioned as you were giving responses and telling how you guys are helping to disperse funds and helping to solidify some of these networks and, and resources for chambers um, that people could reach out and connect with you. What would be the best way for someone to reach out and connect with you and figure out what's the best way to apply some of these strategies in their community? Probably the best way would be uh, via email. And um, I don't know if you want to just put that up on the screen at the end, um, since my name is a hard one to yeah. spell. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in the show notes for this okay. episode. So, yeah. So, so that's probably the best way to reach out via email. Um, and uh, glad to connect in. I will be at ACCE this summer. So that's also another way to connect in. And um, I just appreciate everything the chamber industry uh does I love the industry? They're amazing people, and they're doing amazing things. You and I both totally agree on that. But Betty, thank you so much for joining us today on Chamber Chat on Chamber Chat Podcast. Got to be able to say the name of my own show, right? <laughs> but this is great. I've enjoyed the discussion, and it's got me pumped up to see the opportunities of further leveraging resources and communities and beyond the money though, too, those connections with other organizations. And I think you've provided a ton of value for chamber champions today. Thank you for that. Thank you. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to chamber chat podcast in Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to chamber chat podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? 
Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees. And Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce, so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with Swipe It.